0: Uh, Psalm 119 this morning, Uh, we'll be in the 17th stanza, uh, verses 129 down through verse 136. And uh, we'll be talking about the wonderful word. Yeah, the wonderful word. It is wonderful, isn't it? And so if you would uh, look at that, verse 129, we'll read this uh, stanza here, these eight verses. And then we'll have a quick word of prayer. The word of God says, thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Look thou upon me and be merciful unto me as thou uh, usest to do unto those that lovest, or that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Deliver me from the oppression of man, so will I keep thy precepts. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. Rivers of waters run down my eyes because they keep not thy law. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you once again for uh, just another opportunity to gather together with your people and to hear from your, your word. And Lord, we thank you for the good things you're doing in the lives of the people here this morning. And, and Father, we do uh, just uh, love you this morning. I pray that you would bless your word as it's taught, Lord, that only those things that glorify you would be said and that you would do a work in each heart to encourage and strengthen and draw folks near to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the wonderful word in, in this, uh, of course, you all know that this is the longest chapter of the Bible, and uh, the psalmist again and again praises the word of God. And uh, the significance and in, in what it's done in his life. And listen, I'm telling you, the Bible's more relevant for our lives than anything else. That's right. Amen. Uh, it's more relevant than the, the latest breaking news, uh, even in Israel. Um, and, and so uh, we need to make the Bible, the Word of God, a priority in our lives. Um, <clears throat> it's alive and powerful. Can you believe that this morning? Uh, it can change your life. Uh, when, you, when you hear the Word of God and you apply that truth and you become a doer of the Word of God, it will change you. Uh, it, it's, it, it, you can't resist it, really. Uh, if you just apply the principles of God's Word, it will make a change. And uh, that's what our world and our, our nation needs today, is the Word of God. Uh, we don't need politicians and all their different ideas and thoughts. We just need the Word of God. And as the people of God, who else is going to share the Word of God? Uh, pastor talked about that in the, the message this morning. We ought to be sharing the Word of God. And, uh, <clears throat> it literally changes lives. Yes, Do you believe that this morning? Do you remember where you were before Christ? Yes. And you heard the Word? Uh, it will change your life. I know it changed mine. Uh, and, and Lord willing, it will continue to change and conform me, if you will. Uh, it, do you get excited about reading God's word? Studying God's word? Uh, but listen, there's nothing more exciting than living God's word. There's some folks that have a knowledge of this, but they're not applying it and they're not living it. And, and uh, it really will change your life if you begin to apply it. Uh, <clears throat> so the wonderful word. If you look at that verse, first verse we're looking at this morning, verse 129, the statutes, or thy statutes are wonderful. Uh, the meaning of the expression here is that the laws of God, the revelation of his will to us, if you want to put it that way, are adapted to fill the mind with wonder. Wonderful, full of wonder. Uh, and we know that we can't fully comprehend all of it um, and, and all that God has for us, and And uh, is your mind awed by the wisdom of the word of God? I know mine is. Uh, I'm just in awe at God's wisdom and how comprehensive uh, the extent of the word of God. Uh, It touches every aspect of life. Uh, Everything. And uh, by the fact that laws are framed so perfectly adapted to the end, so well suited to secure order and to promote happiness. Uh, The word of God is Wonderful. Uh, It's an amazing thing, and uh, it's sufficiency. Uh, It's all-sufficient, we say. Everything we need to know about life is included in the pages of this book. Everything. Uh, We don't need to look anywhere else. Uh, There's a lot of good books out there that are helpful. Uh, I I think uh, probably uh, more than ever before, the self-help book category at the store is pretty large. Uh, But we don't need those. I'm not saying they're of no value, uh, but if they don't line up with this, they are of no value. Right. And, and it's all sufficient. The wisdom of God is revealed uh, through every chapter and every verse here. Uh, God's wisdom. Um, <laughs> there are some smart folks in this world, smarter than me, but their wisdom pales in comparison to what God has to offer in His Word. Why would you go anywhere else to seek guidance and direction? Uh, It's all sufficient. The Bible is the instruction manual for life. When all else fails, you go to the instructions. And I'll tell you this morning don't wait until you're in in failure, Uh, get there early. Uh, get to the instruction manual before you start to fail. Uh, especially you men, right? Nobody uses the directions when you buy something. You take that instruction thing. I, it's funny, I, I was yesterday, we've been doing some painting and some touch up, putting some lipstick on the pig at the house, you know. And uh, I bought a, a barn door, and uh, there were some instructions that I threw away yesterday. I never used them. They were on the, I noticed them on my workbench yesterday evening. Uh, I think after most everybody had gone, I was just out there doing some tinkering in the garage and I noticed these instructions. I was like, huh, we'll throw those away. Right? Don't do that with the Word of God. Uh, it's imperative that you have the instructions for life in the Word of God. It, it will meet every need. Uh, we don't need to add to it. We certainly don't want to take away from it. Uh, we need all of it. Uh, Peter tells us that it is sufficient. God has supplied all things. Second Peter says, Uh, 1, 3, and 4 says this, According to His divine power hath given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Well, we can escape some hardships if we would go to the instructions. Uh, You know what else is wonderful about the Word of God? It's simple simplicity. God's Word's not hard to understand. Uh, I think the hard thing that we have is when we, uh, God reveals Himself to us through His Word, the hard part is making that application step. The reality is oftentimes the Holy Spirit convicts us and shows us what we need to do, and the hard part's when we don't do what God has revealed to us. It's not hard to understand. Uh, God has made it very understandable for us, even Uh, as humans today's laws are are very complicated however we have an entire branch of the government (laughs) right Uh, the and these legions of lawyers to help manage the legislation that we have in america and and really throughout all forms of government right Uh, we don't need that to understand god's word Uh, god's given us the holy spirit and he will guide us to truth Uh, listen a child can understand god's word God tells us what we need to do. God tells us what will happen if we fail to do it. Uh, And uh, God's word also tells us how to deal with those failures. And and how to get those things right where we have failed and and, uh, where we we do sin. Uh, God's word is very simple. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, right? What we ought to believe. It's profitable for that. For reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. This lesson is simple this morning. Because I'm a simpleton. No, I don't know. But, but this lesson is simple. But the word of God is really simple. We complicate it with our attitude toward it. To our, with our response toward the things of God. Because in our flesh, we resist that. Yes. And we don't always like what the Word of God is, is revealing or telling us as we look into the perfect law of liberty, liberty. right? And, and, and when we don't deal with those things, I think I've said it a, a few times in this uh, setting in Sunday school, when you look in the mirror in the morning, you make corrections to your physical appearance, Right? Um, I don't look in the mirror and notice the eye boogers and just leave them there. You know, I don't notice the snot coming down the side of my face or the drool and just leave it there. I, I go, whoa, yeah, that needs some dressing. And, and I get a washcloth out, and, and no doubt you guys have done that. What, well, Ladies, maybe you put some paint on the barn. I don't know. Um, not all ladies do, but... Um, listen this morning, you got to get into the Word of God, but it's pointless if you don't apply it. It's very simple. And my question to you this morning is, are you applying it? Or are you the forgetful here that the Word of God speaks of? Where you come and, and really maybe you just waste your time. I'm not saying church is a waste of time, but if you come here service after service, week after week, month after month, and you never apply the principles of God's word to your life, you're really just wasting your time. And it's not just that you're wasting your time, it's you're really missing out on a blessing. Yes. Uh, because God wants to take you from where you're at today, and he wants to develop you and to move you to uh, new heights. Higher ground, we sing the song. Are you content just to be here? Or are you willing to apply the word of God to your life? Uh, Listen, uh, oh, it's wonderful in its supply. I've already mentioned that God has supplied us with all we need for life. Uh, But here the psalmist reminds us that God's word brings uh, with it certain benefits. Look at verse 130. It says this, it says, The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. So there's some benefits here. Light and understanding. We can choose to shut the light out of our lives and live in darkness. It gives light, but we have to choose to accept it. And uh, <clears throat> We can choose to remain in ignorance, but it will be a choice. Uh, it won't be God's fault or, or any lack of God's supplying of his word. Uh, he has supplied both for our benefit, light and understanding in the Word of God. But oftentimes we choose to live in darkness. Uh, We choose to remain ignorant because we aren't making that application in our lives. Uh, And listen, God's not going to reveal more to us until we begin being obedient in what we already know. How can He? That's the basics of education. I'm not good at math, but there's no way I would have passed college algebra if I wasn't in... First grade arithmetic, math. It just would have never happened. It builds. And so uh, God's not going to continue to teach you things if you're not going to be obedient in the things that you've already been shown. And so are you being obedient this morning? Uh, We often say we want more light. We want more guidance. We want more wisdom. We want God to direct us. But maybe he's not because we're being resistant to what he's already showed. He's, we talked about the, the, the lamp of our feet and the light of our path a few weeks ago. And, and, uh, but if we're neglecting to do that and utilize God's word as that lamp and that light, uh, why would he share more with us? Because we're putting it under a bushel, maybe, if you will. Uh <clears throat> We can choose to shut the light off in our lives and live in darkness. We really can. The psalmist in in verse 129 in the latter part of there, it says, Therefore doth my soul keep them. It's wonderful I keep them. God's word is wonderful and we should live according to his word. Because it's wonderful. But oftentimes we don't and we wonder why we're not getting the light or, or a greater understanding. It's because we're not keeping them those things that he's revealed to us. Uh, Do you walk in the word? The psalmist had a desire for the word. Look at verse 131 through uh, verse 135. It says, I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Look thou upon me and be merciful unto me as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Deliver me from the oppression of man, so will I keep thy precepts. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. And we see the picture is like one that's struggling in a desert, longing for a drink of fresh water. It panteth. Uh, Do you desire God's word like that this morning? Do you have a burden and a deep desire for the word of God? Peter says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. The verse before that says, wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. And then look what it says, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Have you tasted of the Lord? If so be that you tasted... I've tasted pizza before. And every time I eat pizza, I want more. Uh, My midsection is a testament to that. Uh, Pizza and cheesecake, I love. Um, I had armadillos the other day, and I devoured it, and I wanted more. Thankfully, I controlled myself and said, "The one is enough, fatty. Um, (laughs) Listen... It says, I had tasted that the Lord is gracious. It speaks of an experiential acquaintance with the grace of God. They've experienced the goodness of God in His Word, and they wanted more. I've tasted of that. Uh, They should desire to increase more and more knowledge and love. Look at what Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Look what it says. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. You, there it is. You can't go wrong with God. He is good, and, and when you begin to experience those things and and you taste the things of God, and you apply those things to your life, it says, blessed. Who doesn't want to be blessed? Right. And in well, never mind. But but listen. Do you want to be blessed? Psalm forty two. These are. Familiar verses here. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Is that your desire this morning? That as you go about your days, and as you face trials and tribulation, and the oppression like this psalmist here does, that he's just desiring and panting and hoping for more of God's word. He says, teach me. I find it interesting that an individual that's penning the Word of God, obviously he may not have you know, when he's writing this song, he's still asking God to teach him more. How ignorant are we? I would never consider myself anywhere near worthy to write a portion of scripture. But sometimes in our flesh, we think we get pretty educated. I've been around church long. I'm pretty familiar with this Bible. I'm good at this. And here's a man that, that is, is so close with God that God allowed him to write Scripture. And he's still saying, God, teach me. And, and we understand in his humanity, he can't understand all of everything that's in the Word of God. And, and so he definitely still needed to know Uh, some things, and it it goes on there in in Psalm 42, not in our text, it says, My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And he can't wait for the next opportunity to get in God's presence and to be around his God. Uh, Listen, we will not walk in the word if we have no desire for it in our lives. Do you have a desire for God's word? And I would sell, not sell you, I'm not trying to. I would say to you this morning that if you would taste of it, if you would truly and sincerely get into God's Word, read it, study it, apply it to your life, you would experience those blessings in that verse that we talked about. And after you experience that, you would just desire more. Oftentimes, maybe we don't desire it because we're not experiencing what God has for us. And it's not because God's not there and not wanting to bless and and to do those things. It's you have to go to the fountain and take a drink. The other day, we were doing a little work around the house, and uh, I got a cold glass of water, and it was so refreshing. I wanted more. You drink so much water, so your belly's making noise. You know? <laughs> taste and see. If, if you're not experiencing it, get into it. And I promise you, if you do it in sincerity, yes. God will always respond. And he'll give you something that will give you a greater taste and desire for it. Uh, he'll never let us down. Look what he says in, uh, <clears throat> he has a desire for mercy, Uh, Look at verse 132 and it says, I look upon, or look thou upon me and be merciful unto me as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Excuse me. As thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Interesting. The psalmist is asking God to treat him like those in the past. Those he's seen God do some good things for folks and uh, when we look at the characters of the scriptures and we see all the examples of those that have gone before us, uh, what do you think about them? Oftentimes, we, I think in our minds, we put them uh, in a different status than we are. But the reality is they were common everyday people, just like us. Just normal people uh, living their everyday life. Uh, and God did some amazing things in their lives. Do you think those things happen by chance or accident? I don't believe so. God delights in using those who have a heart to be used in His service. I think the difference is faith. We can go to the book of Hebrews. We talk about the hall of faith and those people that we look back and, and what was the common thing that was in all of their lives. It was faith. Faith in the God of the scriptures. And the psalmist says, hey, I I want some of that as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Show me that same type of mercy, God. Uh, Do something in my life like you've done in their lives. Uh, Do you want to accomplish something for God? I hope you do. I know I do. Is that your prayer that God would do something miraculous like he did in their lives? Remind yourself this morning that those were people just like you. There is no telling what God could do with the people within this room alone, let alone this facility and churches of like faith throughout the nation and the world if the people of God would just put their faith and trust in Him? And I'm telling you this morning, I'm preaching to myself. You have no idea. Do you trust God that He can do those things in your life? We read it. Almost commonplace. I was uh, sitting in Sunday school, and I looked down, and one of my boys had a cell phone. And he has a Bible on the cell phone. It's like, where is his Bible? But he had it. I, I would like to, I, I'm, I can almost assure you this morning, if the Apostle Paul had the ability to have the scriptures on a smartphone, he probably would have. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. It's convenient. You can engage in a lot of, a, a lot of things with there. And, but I'm old school and I, I, I carry this thing. And then I saw grandma, she had a cell phone with the scripture on it. I was like, Can't get on the kid if grandma's doing it, you know. But but listen, it's so common almost. I think because we have the access and the ability to have the Word of God at our fingertips, we neglect it. Think of the people throughout the ages that had to memorize because they didn't have their own copy. And here we are neglecting Almighty God's Word, Just because we can just pick it up at a moment's notice. We carry it in our back pocket today. Listen, I'm encouraging this morning. Don't do that. Don't treat God's word like that. It's precious. It's it's important. It's significant. And it will change your life. If you take it and apply it. It will change you. Don't neglect the word of God. Ask God to do something with you. Look at verse 132. I'm going to read it to you again. Look thou upon me, and be merciful unto me, as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Yes. He's saying, God, do something. And, and there's, I don't think there's a single argument in this room that anybody can bring that the psalmist didn't love God and his word. You just read this psalm alone. And he had a love for God's word and a love for God far greater than probably anyone in this room. And so he's saying, God, I love you, and I want you to do a work like I've seen you do in other people's lives. Would you do that? Show mercy and allow me to take part in something that you're doing for your glory. They had faith. God really delights in using those. And In verse 133, it says, order my steps in thy word. Maybe this is where we struggle. We don't want to be ordered by the word of God. God, we want you to do something, but we want to do it our way. I got some ideals and some thoughts on how ministry or, or how you can use my life. Why don't you do it my way? That wasn't the attitude of the psalmist. He, he said, order my steps in thy word. Lord, whatever you say, and according to your word, I want you to use me. Use me your way. We need to get out of the way oftentimes. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Uh, Order my steps in thy word, my goings, my conduct, and life by the word. According to thy requirements, let me be wholly obedient to thy will. Is that your prayer that I would be wholly obedient to the will of God and his word? Wholly obedient? Do we desire to be wholly obedient? Is that even your desire? That might be the root of this. You really have no desire. God, show me, show me, but you have no intention of doing it. Mm, we need to be careful. If we aren't willing to be wholly obedient, can we really expect God to do a work on our behalf? If we can't have the same attitude that the psalmist says, and order my steps, if we have some preconceived ideas or thoughts on how God's going to use us and how he's going to get to the, to the point where we want him to get, we can't expect him to do anything. We have to do it on God's terms according to his word. And so this morning, is that are you there? Are you willing? The subject of deliverance is still on his mind. Look at verses 134 and 135. Deliver me from the oppression of man, so will I keep thy precepts. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. Here it is again. He's asking God to teach him. And, and of course, we've talked about the oppression that he's experienced. And and he's desiring a blessing. He asks God uh, not allow iniquity to have a dominion over him and deliver him from his oppressors. I'm looking forward to the day that I don't have to battle my flesh. I don't want that to have dominion over me. But we can live in victory today. Uh, If we apply God's word, seek him and uh, the power of the Holy Spirit can strengthen us and we can live victoriously today. Uh, We won't be perfect, but we can be victorious. The psalmist says, make thy face to shine. He wanted God to look upon him favorably and bless him. Do we desire that God would look favorably upon us? There's probably not a person in this room who'd say, no, I don't need that. We would never be so foolish. Who doesn't want God's favor? I think everybody would say that. But are we living by his word? Look what it says in the latter part of verse 29. Therefore doth my soul keep them. He wants God to bless him, but he's willing to keep the statutes and the things that God's taught him. It's not just a one-sided thing like God, I need your favor and I want you to do something on my behalf. No, he's doing his part. He's keeping the word of God and he's he's applying those things that God's shown him to his life. And verse 133, it says, Let not thy or let not any iniquity have dominion over me. And and I believe that's a prayer uh, that no form of sin and no wicked passion or a propensity, will, if you will, to sin uh, would be allowed to rule over him. Uh, it doesn't mean he's not, that he's going to be perfect. And he who is willing that any one sin should rule in his heart, though he should be free from all other forms of sin, cannot be a pious man. That's a, a note from Barnes. Uh, but listen this morning, do you desire to have victory? I know I do. Nobody wants to be a loser. I want to have victory in my life. And, and, uh, but we, in order to do that, we have to be obedient. You can't expect victory and not follow the rules. Um, <clears throat> you, you can't expect victory and just do everything your own way. Uh, you have to do it according to God's word. Deliver me pr- from the oppression of man so... Look what it says. So will I keep my precepts. He's asking for God's blessing on his life. And he's asking from the lens of he's going to do what's right. Oftentimes we want God to do things on our terms. We want him to show up on our behalf and, and to do things our way, but uh, the reality is we... Aren't doing what we ought to according to the Word of God. Excuse me. Verse one thirty six. As we uh, wrap this up here, rivers of waters run deep or run down mine eyes because they keep not thy law. A compassion for the lost. The psalmist here speaks of those who reject God's Word. He starts out by uh, thinking about the wonderful word of God, right? We, we see in verse 129, thy testimonies are wonderful. And how wonderful his life is uh, because of the word of God. And, and the great things he's experienced. And, and so now he considers those that oppress him or, or those that reject the word of God. And the difference is the word. The difference is the word. Paul never lost sight of that truth. He remembered when he was on the other side. And he reminds us of that frequently in the epistles. All of us, I think, need to be reminded from time to time that but for the grace of God, where would we be? Ephesians 2.3 says this, Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And the psalmist is weeping over the condition of the lost. The condition of those that have rejected the word of God that, that has become so dear to him. And he's seen how God's used it over and over in his life to give him victory and comfort and peace. And all those things that we've, we've talked about. Rivers of water. Rivers Rivers of water. Uh, Tears of compassion for those that are in darkness. Do you weep for those that are lost? They're still ignorant of God's marvelous grace. Some might say real men don't cry. That's not true of me. You guys have all seen me cry. Jesus cried, He wept. oftentimes the world's thinking would rob us of an opportunity or really a Christ-like characteristic. The condition of the lost broke the heart of our Savior. It sent God's Son. And listen this morning, does that do something in your heart? When you look at folks that are without the word, those that are without Christ? Does it break your heart? Fanny Crosby put it like this: "Weep o'er the erring one, lift up the fallen. Tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Rivers of waters run down mine eyes because they keep, not thy law. Does the condition of your neighbor bring you to tears this morning? Or have you just been so accustomed to not being a witness? Not making a difference in your community, in your neighborhood, in your family? Is God's word really working in your life? Do you consider it wonderful? Have you experienced and tasted of it? And how good it is? If you have, you will have a desire to share it with others. The psalmist was weeping over their condition. Those that had rejected the word of God and rejected God. He was weeping. Listen, if we understand really how wonderful our God is in His word, I believe it would drive us to reach those that are lost without His word. But perhaps we're not walking with our God like we ought to be. And so we become distant or we become desensitized to the condition of those around us. We get in the flesh and we get frustrated with circumstances rather than taking opportunities to witness. That's a convicting thought. Oftentimes you go somewhere and you get frustrated. I've been dealing with insurance companies lately and I just want to choke them through the phone. but listen, uh, uh, they have a greater need than me giving them a piece of my mind and how I think it ought to work. Our lives ought to be ordered by the word of God in such a way that we could reach those around us. Our conversation, if you will, becoming the gospel. Can we say that's true in our lives this morning? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word and we thank you, Lord, for... Lord, this church, and I pray, Lord, that each one of us would be a witness for you. Lord, I ask that you would take your word and burn it in our hearts, Lord. Give us a taste, Lord, that would cause us to return and be faithful to the study and to the application of God's word in our lives. We pray now that you'd bless uh, the service to follow. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, bring uh, folks in safely. Lord, I pray that you do a work in hearts, Lord. And if there's anyone that doesn't know Christ today, that you would... Lord, save their soul. Help them to see their need of a Savior. And Father, I just pray that you bind our church together in unity. And Lord, we'll give you the glory for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.